When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a show in season five. If I could Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Shut up, Leonard. Wiggler and Jazz, here till it ends. Need it to pass or fail Greendale with all of our friends. The brightest timeline makes you say Touche. Community building is here to stay. Unsubscribe. Yeah, that's right. It's community building here on Post Show Recaps, talking about Community Season 5, Episodes 10 and 11. We are talking about advanced, advanced Dungeons and Dragons. And we are also talking about G.I. Jeff, a combo platter here on the Community Podcast. Of course, I am Josh Wiggler. And if she were a G.I. Joe, I do think that Mulch is an appropriate name. (laughs) For a GI Joe, so here yes. comes Jess Sterling. What's up, Jess? Mulch is in the house, uh-huh. uh, ready to go, Joe. Go, yes. go, go, Joe. Yo, uh, go, Joe. Or uh, Jessica Gordon Diehard is also another uh, <laughs> potentially good name. Works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I prefer Dingleberry to anything else. <laughs> you know um... what, Jess? I don't know that you should be making up <laughs> nicknames for yourself. I think I'm figuring this out. <laughs> Yeah, I think it should be banned, honestly. Maybe don't, don't do the nicknames for yourself, <laughs> Jess. I don't think so. Uh, but here we are back on Community Building. Apologies, a bit of a delay on this week's Community Building, as well as the unannounced combining of episodes 10 and 11 schedules just bearing out this way. Not just because of the Daily Succession podcasts uh, that we have been mentioning over the past couple of weeks, Jess. Uh, life, as it often does, found a way to screw up my Wednesday pretty severely. So we had to push the Community record to uh it is sunday march 12th we'll turn this thing right around so hopefully it's gonna be your podcast feed here very very quickly folks uh and and gosh we've got one week left of community season five before yeah. uh, a bit of a succession in yellow jackets themed hiatus jess we're oh gonna do gosh. the final two episodes of season five in next week's podcast so two weeks four episodes of community Let's get it all done. Yeah, then we'll be uh, on a little bit of a break before we get into the final season, if you can believe it. Final season of Community coming up. Summer school, baby. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's how this is going to bear out. We will return with Community Season 6 in June for the summer session. I'm really excited. I want to prolong this thing as much as possible because I don't. it's going to be a little bit of an existential crisis. It's going to be like I'm going to experience my own animated G.I. Joe uh, psychedelic experience when community building is reaching the end of Community Season 6 because I will suddenly feel deeply, deeply old. Bone deep. Old. Well, yeah, and then we'll find out that you're secretly 40. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, well, no, uh, but getting closer closer than I'd like to admit. Like mm-hmm. I actually uh, so so just to, to to lay some stuff down, this yeah. is two episodes of community that one of which I really didn't like and one of which I really liked a lot. And I think I have them flipped from the, the popular consensus. I yeah. think that I really dislike the one that people tend to like. I think I really like the ones that a lot of people seem to, to dislike. So we'll, we'll talk all of that through. But as far as the G.I. Jeff of it all, it's like, oh, yeah, uh, literally, I'm watching this the day after my 38th birthday. <laughs> and I've got all of my G.I. Joe that I used to play with uh and I'm like okay yeah I see you Jeff Winger I see you J I see you JW I see you JW <laughs> kissing 40 my gosh so uh maybe some personal biases coming into play to talk about GI Jeff today but of course we want to get uh all the feedback we could possibly get from all of you your ratings all of that good stuff you can send it into community at postshowrecaps.com Rate each and every episode on a scale of zero to four Roy's. Nope, it's cools. Just kidding. Uh, the Roy. Roy, Roy, Roy system is not what we are doing here. Just, uh, and of course, if people want the ad-free and often early access versions of community building, you go to patreon.com slash recaps. You sign up at any level. You get those podcasts without commercial interruption. Often you get to listen to these live. Unfortunately, we are not able to be live for these final two season five podcasts, but you're with us in spirit. You're with us in spirit for sure. Uh, so let's get into it, Jess. Um, two episodes of Community. Can you kind of, can you set me up for these as far as what are sort of like the broader ramifications or the broader interpretations of these episodes as we're rounding the bend on season five, which started so strong. And I am getting the vibe that maybe it's like, eh, then it kind of just, you know, maybe like it's starting yeah, to eat around this a is- tiny bit. This is why, at least for me, like season, uh, we talked previously about some seasons feeling very uneven, feeling very up and down and kind of you hit some highs and you hit some lows. Season five starts off very, very strong. And for me personally, and I think a lot of others, it kind of ends with a bit of a meh um, and like a fizzle. And this is this is these two episodes are kind of part of that. I would say the next two episodes are are also uh, maybe worse. Um, And than these two, I think I guess it kind of depends on who you are. Right. I think a lot of people enjoy advanced advanced Dungeons and Dragons as a as a a successor to the original D&D episode. Um, I think most people aren't super high on G.I. Jeff because uh, I can speak from personal experience as someone who did not grow up with G.I. Joe. I know what G.I. Joe is, of course, but I wasn't someone who watched the show, played with the action figures, anything like that. Really, really hard to get into that episode. There isn't a... Uh, there isn't as much of a Greendale story that is highly relatable as much of it is like very inside baseball of G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final two episodes are kind of meh. So I think this is why a lot of people are like, well, of the 13 episodes, we start off very, very strong um, with probably about the first, what, eight, maybe nine episodes. And yeah. then it kind of falls off the last four. Yeah, um, I so, get that. I get yeah. that. Uh, that's all right. You know, I think that the first episodes of this season being as strong as they are will still keep unless things really hit a wall here for the final couple of episodes of the show. Yeah, I still think season five is either going to be my favorite of the of the show or still very competitively close. Um, regardless, 
we do have two episodes that we have to talk about today. One of which uh, I really, I really had a hard time getting through. Yeah. Um, so why don't we take them down uh, two at a time or one at a time here? Two at a time would be impressive. I don't know that we would be able to pull that off. Uh, that would be very, very hard to do. But we get to advance, advanced Dungeons and Dragons first, directed by Joe Russo, which is a surprise to me. Uh, initially uh, airs March 20th, 2014. It's a Dan Harmon and Matt roller uh great last name for a dungeons and dragons right truly uh joint here uh and i guess this one feels to me like uh well we praise community for not going back to the paintball well and then it's like oh well they're really just like i just want to roll some dice feels like the reason this episode exists without any real like well there's an actual uh utility to this episode feels like that's not entirely here unless this is sort of just meant to be Let's do a hickey episode. That's what of. it is. It really yeah. is. Let's do a hickey episode. How can we do a hickey episode? Well, let's have hickey have a nerdy son and let them play D&D again. Yeah. So. That's it, huh? That, <laughs> I mean, really it's it, it. right. It's what it is. Um, so but this I'm, is the, the, I cannot think of an instance, Jess, where I've had to break up watching an episode of Community. Uh, only 22 minutes. So. Uh, and it's only 22 <laughs> minutes. And I couldn't, I couldn't do advanced, advanced Dungeons and Dragons in a single sitting. Part of this is a personal issue. Um, I am very hard pressed to answer the question because I've interviewed a lot of people. Fumble brag here, uh, folks. I don't know if you know this uh, professional <laughs> entertainment journalist, Josh Wiggler over here. I've interviewed a lot of really fun and cool people. And so when people say like, who's the favorite, who's your favorite person you've ever interviewed? Who's the best interview you've ever had? Like, I really have to think there's a lot of different answers. I don't really know. And then I get asked the question of like, who's the worst interview? And I know the answer to that question. Anyway, so David Cross is in this episode of uh, Community. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Completely unrelated. David Cross is here. Totally unrelated that David Cross is in this episode of Community. And I'm not entirely enchanted by Hank. How about that? I don't think I, I like don't know why you Nikki all that much. I don't think this character yeah. is a character for me. And he was kind of hard to endure, I have to say. I think my biggest issue with, with Hank as a character is that while it's not unheard of to have a terrible relationship with your parents, um, right? Jeff Winger, classic example of not having a good relationship with his father. Um, I don't know that we get a ton of information on why they don't have a great relationship. It doesn't, the, the show doesn't give me enough to, to fault Hickey for like, to what's going on besides the fact, like, was he just not there? That's the reason that's the whole thing. Like that's the entire com- like conversation is, you just weren't around. Yeah. Um. If that's the case, fine, great, whatever. But like, it just it, to me, they don't explore enough of that parent-child relationship for me to be like, it. it Hank just comes off like an a-hole. Yeah. Most of the episode, he's not very likable. Uh, he's not. I, I don't think he's very likable. Even I think David Cross's best role, uh, inarguably, Tobias Funke, is not the most likable character, and Tobias is often very funny because he is just, uh, he is just like scumming his way into terrible situations and just like falling into disaster after disaster. And he's like a pathetic person to behold. And that is where a lot of that comedy comes from. But I would never accuse Tobias of being a likable character on Arrested Development. And I think that maybe the dynamic here for me would be more successful if there was a little bit more of an available rooting interest in Hank. But Hickey has already been such an improvement over the vibe of Pierce that I like Hickey. Uh, yeah, so, so we're rooting I, for Hickey, not yeah, for Hank. And for we're not sure. even rooting for like Hickey and Hank because, right. to be honest, Hank doesn't seem like someone I want to hang around with anyway. So that's yeah. my main issue is like, 
you're going to bring in a new character, maybe, and and we they the show wants us to root for Hickey and Hank to like uh kind of make amends, but they don't give us a reason beyond the fact that uh Hickey wants to hang out with his grandson, which in my opinion it's like fine Hank, like let Hickey hang out with your grandson doesn't mean you need to be there all the time. Yeah, like you know I don't know how old the kid is, but you know whatever. So third, the, three, three, sorry, he's three years old, but still. The, the other thing for me is in the initial Dungeons and Dragons episode, it is like very mean spirited for much of it. And Pierce is so awful in so much of it. But the compassion that Neil ends up showing Pierce and the way that the people rally behind Neil um, gives it a really powerful ending. Uh, and especially once you hear after the fact, after Pierce is dead, that those games continued with Neil, that's really uh, very touching and kind of enhances that episode in, in a big way yeah. for me. I think that uh, so. We play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons in the post-show recaps, patron mm -hmm. discord, a lot of the patrons of PSR, a lot of the listeners of PSR are big Dungeons and Dragons people. Uh, and I would say as like a modest Dungeons and Dragons person, in my experience, the the game is at its most fun when there's like real stakes in it. Yeah. When it feels like uh, when there's true danger uh, involved and there's so much true danger involved in that very first version of this. I feel like the stakes don't exist in this episode at all for me i don't feel hooked into the emotionality of what's going on i don't feel invested in hickey and hank trying to resolve this thing there's mm -hmm. some fun bits here and there my guy chang continues to make me laugh a good bit here in season five but even that only took it so far uh, so i felt like if you're going to go back to the dungeons and dragons well I think that you have to go into it with a really powerful emotional story. I didn't feel connected to this. Other people, I'm sure, do. Uh, I, I had some personal biases in play here as well. And I also think that um, from, a, from a cinematography standpoint, like filmically, experimentally, this just does not hold a candle to the original Dungeons & Dragons episode. This one just kind of feels like uh, it, it comes across to me anyway as, shit, we got to put out episode 10. Uh, yep. That's how it feels. It I think the problem is if you're going to do a successor to a really uh, popular genre-based episode you've already done, you better not miss. It better yeah. be really good because we're going to be comparing it to the old one. And this one, while I find I, I like it more than you do, um, I still think it's way it's nowhere near as good as the first iteration. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. But let's let's dive in. Let's uh, do it. Let's do it. So what goes down here in advanced advanced Dungeons and Dragons? So the dean comes in and he tells the committee the school needs new insurance. My gosh, their premiums must be skyrocketing. Huge. Uh, <laughs> Hickey finds out he wasn't invited to his grandson's third birthday party because his son didn't invite him. He's really upset about it. And he mentions that his son is a big fan of D&D. &D. And Annie, of course, says, we play D&D. &D. We should all play together to help reconnect Hickey with his son. Uh, and Jeff says, oh, we prevented a suicide. Fabulous Neil uh -huh. is doing this and that in the background. And we do see Neil doing this and that in the it background. Would, it would have been mean to not have Neil in here at all. So of course, uh, nice to see him. Yeah, and everyone is in on this, especially the Dean, who's standing right there, so he must be invited. Uh-huh. Um, so we meet Hank, who is played, as you said, by David Cross. Uh, he is very confused as to why Hickey is suddenly into D&D, and I love Hickey just saying, it's the it's the dungeons. It's the dungeons, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. He just wants to go spelunking. Yes. Uh, so the, the session is effectively, there's a necromancer who we have to destroy. There's a necromancer at the top of the tower. We got to go to the top of the tower, kill a necromancer. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be the stakes. Everyone's going to get a character. Uh, Hank is Joseph Gordon diehard. Really? Uh, yeah. 
son of Riggs Die Hard. And of course, Hickey is his father, Sir Riggs Die Hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But Hank immediately susses everything out and is like, this is, you're trying to force this like bond between me and my dad. So he shuffles all the characters around. And instead, uh, Hank gets Tristram Steelheart, a holy cleric with a mace and a dumb name. That's unfair. I feel like they're taking a shot at Tristram Shapiro here, uh, famous uh, community director. Yeah, of uh, course. It feels like what they're doing, and that seems mean, but also probably I would imagine everyone had a good laugh on set. Yeah. And if not, uh, but I think that they probably <laughs> wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Hickey is playing Tiny Nuggins, a good thief. Name. Great name. Tiny, Tiny Nuggins, Nuggins is great. Tiny Nuggins is a good name. Uh, Britta is Fibrosis, the uh-huh. ranger. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, Shirley is Crouton, the half-orc druid. Yes. Annie, Hector the well-endowed, again. Yep, returns. Uh, Chang plays Dingleberry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of perfect. That's it's wonderful. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and Jeff is Sir Riggs Die Hard, and his son is, of course, the Joseph Dean. Joseph Gordon. Joseph yeah. Gordon, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so Hank immediately is like, oh, you told me we're supposed to be doing one thing. I want to do the opposite. I want to go off the rails. I want to. Do you have a map planned? Uh, surprise, surprise. Abed has a whole binder of, of ideas here. Uh, and so Hickey immediately asks if they're losing. And he says the only winner is fun. Uh, and so this is when Hector tries to lift up Tristram. But Hank casts Torvin's Flesh of Fire and burns both Hector and the bridge, and everyone falls into a ravine below. Is Torvin's Flesh of Fire a real spell? Definitely not. You can't. Mm-hmm. They would have had to get a clearance from um, Wizards of the Coast, which yeah. certainly they weren't going to get. So they have to make up all of these spells. You'll hear later. Uh, Britic has something that is very close to cure wounds, but not quite cure uh-huh. wounds. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they certainly make all of these up for the show. Uh, but Hickey and Hank are now fighting because Hank is upset. You know, we, we get the reveal that Hank says he didn't invite Hickey because he wanted to enjoy the party, uh-huh. which just feels like twisting the knife in the wound a bit. Yes. Um, uh, Jeff tries to winger speech, everything, uh, fathers and sons. There's a lot of power between them. I spent a long time letting that power push me away from my dad and I regret it. So whatever between you guys will only get fixed when you're together uh and abit's like but you're not together we all need to separate uh so we're gonna have again just like uh original D episode uh hank Britta, dean and chang are separated from hickey annie shirley and jeff mm-hmm. um yeah. and they so make a, deal. a little bit of a split yeah yeah so hank uh, hank and hickey come to an arrangement whomever kills the rec- necromancer first wins uh if hickey wins he gets to come to the birthday party if hank wins he says you don't go to christmas or thanksgiving uh and uh and this is like this is pretty i don't know like i just have a tough time a million dollars and you don't get to come to christmas how about that for a deal (laughs) (laughs) this is in succession and so this feels like a little dark for community i don't know no you know what it 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 does i guess but it also doesn't feel dark enough like that's the thing for me where it just feels like sort of arbitrarily mean and dark as opposed to dark and and mean with a purpose yeah Uh, we don't know the history of hank and hickey and so right away i'm like not on hank's side because this feels like overkill right this feels like too much it's this it's this it's this uh you know really deep hurt that exists between these two characters that is you know just being brought to us in a way where again i think that we're inclined to have enjoyed hickey quite a bit up to this point and so i'm having a hard time buying into looking at hank making this call as anything other than hank's just a total butthead and yes. that never really stops for me in this episode whereas back when it's um you know neil versus pierce a big part of that is that 
here's Pierce is um, representing like a kind of evil and malevolence that has no agenda and just exists. Exactly. And is, and is like horrible. And how do you vanquish something like that? And so the stakes are high. The stakes are really high there. It's not like personal yeah. between him and Neil. It is, it, it, it just, it's happening it's just, and it needs yeah. to be taken care of. Uh, here there is this very deeply personal thing that, the episode does very little successfully for me to get me invested yeah. in it. Yeah, and uh, worth pointing out that what we know of Hickey and his family, what the show has shown us so far is that he has one other son. He he says he has a gay son that he's helping pay for the wedding for. Right. And like to me, that doesn't match up with the Hickey that Hank is trying to present. So that's the problem is that like based on what we know of Hickey, a Hank's version of Hickey doesn't make a ton of sense. Doesn't and doesn't line up. Yeah. 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 Um. So the dean, meanwhile, is super distraught at being separated from his <laughs> father, Jeff. Father. Yeah. yeah <laughs> One of the funny. highlights of the episode for me is yeah. the dean. Yeah. Uh. So Hickey's character runs against Annie's advisement. Uh. Because Annie says we should sleep on it. Uh. But they end up running into hobgoblins, and Hickey's Hickey's tries to I'm gonna punch him in the heart, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he misses and falls down. Uh. Shirley casts in Entangle on them. Entangle is real, isn't it? Or is it entanglement? I think it's entanglement. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's some other ones that like it it could be based on her being a druid. Yeah. Um, But uh, the hobgoblins end up shooting at Crouton. Annie shoots back at them. Uh, and I love Jeff saying, you better run. Go find a name that's not just another creature's name plus Hob. Yeah. Um, but Crouton dies. Crouton has died. So we get Shirley out of here quickly. Very annoying. What the yeah. hell? I know. Well, Shirley, Shirley has now had the spotlight for a couple of episodes here, Jess. So I guess it's Shirley's turn to go It's just on like so out. frustrating, Josh, that like no other character is being kicked out. Everyone else stays the entire time. Yeah, I don't like it. Crouton it's is BS. Uh, I do love where she uh, says, whenever you, whenever the wind whispers through the woods, just remember, you got me killed. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sad that I'm sad that we lose Shirley so quickly in this episode. Yeah, especially I would have liked to see her play a druid for a bit more, you know? Yeah. Um, but Hickey is now pissed. He says he's punched a lot of hearts in his life and he's never missed. And I love Abed's <laughs> retort of have you ever been a three foot tall halfling running through two foot high vines trying to punch a seven foot monster? Yeah. <laughs> uh so he says, You gotta check your character sheet. Take this game seriously. Your son your is. Son does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Annie makes again, Annie to me, uh, this is her one highlight. I think in this episode is when she does what every D and D player would do is mourn crouton for two seconds and then, and then take all of her belongings. The body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta loot the body. Always. You do, loot the of body. course. Oh yes. uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so Abed's going to go and check in on everybody. Um, uh, Hank is going to heal fibrosis. Uh, but Britta's like, you're not getting me on your side. You're not going to help, uh, get me to help you kick your dad out of your life. Uh, and he's saying, like, you think I'm the bad guy? Uh, do you know where he was for most of my birthdays? A little place that rhymes with not here. <laughs> Yo, no, not there. Not and there. it's Times Square. Times Square. <laughs> this this line from Chang, I'm not going to lie, Josh, killed me. Chang is elite this season. He's I'm, doing a great job. I, I, I got to admit it. I got to admit it. I won't, this I is, won't admit Yeah, I won't hear it any other way. Like, this Chang, is so Chang, funny. They figured out Chang for sure. They've, uh, they've, yeah, they finally, again, I think <laughs> I think my, my theory holds true. You don't need Chang and Pierce. You just need one. Yeah. And so without Pierce, Chang is able to shine. Yeah, he's thriving. He's thriving. Yeah. Uh, so they get attacked by sky spiders. Yes. There's a sky spider attack. Uh, and they're going to kill the sky spiders. 
Uh, Tristram's able to cast Speak with Monsters. Yeah, uh, like a Speak with Animals, Speak with yeah, Beasts. Yeah, and he's yeah. basically able to to uh, get them to to be their allies and give us a give us a ride to the Necromancer now. Yeah, the one tiny tiny little uh, callback bit that we get in this episode that I really appreciated is when um, Britta goes to fist bump Hank. He does the same fist bump that hickey does where instead of actually bumping fists he knocks on the fist uh-huh. uh i love that I, I hadn't noticed that ever before and i really liked that that was like a cute little thing that a little detail. nod to hickey there that's a good detail mm-hmm. yeah um, uh, so yeah so there's now there's combat ensuing in the hickey group uh this one is for crouton and hickey decides you know what i'm gonna take two of them alive and interrogate them mm-hmm. uh which very uh very mike ermin trout moment yes. here yes <laughs> For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, he's taken the, the interrogation scene that we get from Jonathan Banks. This is fun. I like yes. this. It's Jonathan Banks being very goofy and silly, but also doing his most Mike Ehrman Trout impression. Yes. While interrogating fake versions of Abed. Cute, not hot, but definitely cute. Yeah, I would say it's definitely not as good as the scenes where uh, where Britta's like, oh, my God, you're being oppressed. Yeah. Um, and the whole Annie moments with with Abed. Uh, definitely not as good, but still like one of the highlights of this episode, I'd say. For sure. For um, sure. I mean, among the best scenes in this episode, inarguably, which is not, you know, the best sign for the episode for me personally. Right. Uh, so so they do interrogate the the hobgoblins. Uh, and he does break one of them and they do get directions to the tower. Um, and then we, we flash back to Hank's group where he is like singing in Elvish or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a little over the top. It is kind of funny. Uh, and they, they also have directions to the tower. Uh, meanwhile, Dean's character continues to write letters to Jeff. Father, forgive me. I've traveled so far from you. How many game days since the Skull River ripped us apart? How many real hours since I've gone pee? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he does, he he sends word on the wings of sparrows. Uh, and so if, if one, so if we find out that uh, one of them has to rub the family sword while the other one rubs the hilt and twin beacons of light will reveal their locations to one another. Uh, each night I will think of you and rub, praying for the night fate <laughs> will find us rubbing together. Um, and so roll time after time, Abed is throwing these notes out. Uh, so he doesn't. Eh. But then again, this is where I'm like, did they actually consult someone who plays D&D on this where he rolls two zeros in order to finally get it to succeed? And I'm like, was that a 100 instead of a on a 100 sided die? I don't know. I mean, I know that Dan Harmon is a huge D&D guy. Uh, you know, look no further than uh, obviously Harmon Quest, but the the actor who played Annie's brother not not terribly long ago. So I'm not sure. I don't know. At this point, I think for me, the problem was like, I was just like, I was somewhere between like, uh, freaking Hank. And then another part of me was just like, I'm kind of ready to move on from the episode. Uh, it just like, yeah. lo- it lost me really quickly. So I was, you know, I lost focus on this one. I have to tell you, it just, yeah, I was not invested. I was uninvested in this one. Yeah. Um. So Jeff does get the note. He rubs the hilt and then the beams uh, bring them together. They'll arrive at the tower at the same exact time. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah. so Jeff is like, I don't know that this is such a good idea. Uh, like, I don't know that this is going to be, uh, something that's, that's good for you, uh, Hickey, but Hickey is saying that his son's going to do anything to win. This is a man who thinks of grandchildren like trophies. This is what Hank is saying, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're both like starting to get really argumentative in their respective corners. Uh, I love, he like kind of like knights Dingleberry. 
uh, to like get him to, to join his cause. Uh, that's all that Chang ever wants, right? He just wants to be lifted into the group. So knighting Dingleberry is a good yeah. tactic. Yes. Yeah, and this is this is where the sh- I think the episode is just it doesn't it doesn't do enough for me. Where everyone reunites, the groups are against each other, and I'm like, how did Hanks like? get Britta and them to switch allegiances so quickly. It doesn't yeah. make a ton of sense to me, um, but they all start fighting, uh, but not before Dean tries to hug his father. Jeff refuses and Dean gets impaled on Jeff's sword. Uh, he hugs Jeff and says, worth it. Worth it. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love Jeff saying, I hold Britta's face in a puddle. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, Dingleberry smash. <laughs> Everyone uh, I, starts dying. I do. We do get Hank doing lightning bolt, lightning bolt, which I think at the time was uh, probably a shout out to an iconic LARPing video. Uh, at least that's how I interpreted it in my head, where there's a guy who's uh, doing a live action role playing, just throwing tennis balls at someone going lightning bolt. Oh, lightning bolt. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I'm sure it was. Great yeah. stuff. Uh, so that's funny. Um, but it's just Hickey and Hank. That's all that's left. And the necromancer got out of here and they're pissed. They're mad that the necromancer escaped. Yeah. And Abed says, listen, like, this is what happens. You guys made a ton of noise fighting each other. And he's going to leave through the back. And he's out there somewhere. You might find him if you can get your crap together. Mm -hmm. So Jeff says, listen, let's all get Froyo. But Hank and Hickey want to stay and fight. Uh, And this is when they they actually start getting along. Where Hank offers to heal Hickey if Hickey gives him half the potions. And the rest of the group leaves. And they say they can't stand being in the same room. But I also don't think they can handle being apart. And I think they just found a way to avoid doing either. And that's the best most fathers and sons can do. It's it's whatever. Yeah. You know, it's fine. That's fine. I mean, I guess it's a sweet enough message, but I don't know. Uh it didn't feel you know what it it would have for me felt like um I think I could have gotten over uh, a storyline that I wasn't terribly invested in in Hickey and Hank, especially if I'm not thrilled about the casting, if the D&D of it all was sharper and better and right. it just it wasn't nearly as good as it was back in the original Dungeons and Dragons episode. So I think part of this for me is it's so inferior to the first one for me uh, that I think it's getting uh, extra penalty points in addition to some of the other stuff I didn't love about it. So yeah. I don't know. What are you That's fair. Uh, we get to the end credit scene. Abed is DMing for a bunch of stuffed animals. Um, <laughs> there's the names Mr. Tickles, uh, uh, Count Frogula, very funny. Hillary Rodham Kitten. Hillary Rodham Kitten is a great name. Yeah. That's very funny. <laughs> uh and so they're having like a little tea party um and uh annie comes out and she's like i can't sleep without my stuffies <laughs> uh and that, abed leaves I think, I think that moment when annie peeks her head out was enough to make the streets ahead for me just yeah. barely just barely annie not being able to sleep without her stuffies i thought was kind of cute yeah abed walks like, away in his underpants yeah, yeah. And that's like, i had it behind i'm just behind. like it's meh well me. let's, here, here's what we'll do let's let's uh let's put a pin in streets ahead streets behind let's revisit this at the end of the gi joe episode because i am very very confident that that should be a streets ahead and i would love to talk you through it when we when we get please there. yes please so yes we'll, okay so we'll be able to do that so how about we let's take a quick commercial break here we're going to do gi jeff we'll talk through gi jeff then we'll do all the meow meows and such and we will close out these two episodes of season five of community stay tuned all right jess let's talk about it season five episode 11 gi jeff so this whole episode so i guess let me ask you some questions mm-hmm. if you 
So what is your relationship to G.I. Joe such as it exists at all? I know that it exists. Uh I know that it is like fight, battle, action figures, (laughs) like Uh pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Uh, and I know that the catchphrase is "Go, Joe." Yeah, that's one and of them. that is the extent of my knowledge okay, of GI cool. Joe. So I grew up on GI Joe. Okay, uh, I grew up on GI Joe as somebody who is close enough to winger age in this episode. Like this was this was my stuff. So uh, I. I obviously love my superheroes. I've talked about it on Everything is Super with Kevin Mahadeo, our superhero podcast on Post Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've talked a lot about how it was like the X-Men cartoons were the things that really got me into superheroes in the first place, and then Batman the Animated Series and things like that, more so than, than comic books for me. Um, before all of that for me um, were the G.I. Joe cartoons and the G.I. Joe action figures. My brother and I were like, spoiled rotten with our action figure uh output as kids and we got a lot of like the hasbro toys the transformers the gi joes my cousin and i who i've talked about a bit on the podcast he and i were so into our gi joe figures together uh his father used to call them stop playing with your characters is what he would tell us all the time uh i got into this phase in uh in like late uh junior high which is middle school for most people to early high school uh, where I had all of my G.I. Joes and I started to like customize them. So I'd like take a screwdriver and they had like these screws in the <gasps> back that would You would hold. pop the heads off? Yes, but I would put new heads on. So I would do like mix and matches and I would make my own new characters and I would love to do it. And it was super it's like you're fun. making Legos out of G.I. Joes. I still have a few of them lying around somewhere. They're like it, very sadly in like the, the Toy Story dustbin at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anyone in my life that I think would accept them. And also it's going to be way too much of a Herculean feat to go through all of them. Mm-hmm. So at some point that's going to be like a very sad day in the proverbial attic for me. But I loved G.I. Joe. I loved the cartoon show quite a bit. This episode of Community is a really, really, really good homage to G.I. Joe. You got to be a G.I. Joe person, I think, to appreciate Mm -hmm. the ways in which it is such a good homage to G.I. Joe. The theme song is pretty much exact. Um, They have exact voice actors are repeating their roles. Uh, Flint, the actor who's playing Flint, is straight up. The I believe that the actor who played uh, Cobra Commander, I think, is deceased. And I think he may have um, been gone already by the time that this episode was uh, was airing. He's also the person who does Starscream in the Transformers cartoons. And he has this iconically shrill voice. So they get Cobra Commander's oh. entire vibe totally right. Okay. Like, it's exactly how Cobra Commander rides. Like, that's his... That, like, he, he's always talking like this, Jess! Like, it's just nonstop awful. Um, even when he gets incinerated by the end of the episode, and you start to see, like, all, like, sort of, like, these reptilian uh, serpentine features Features underneath there this was a big part of the gi joe animated movie where cobra commander and roadblock become a duo for a while and i'm sorry there's duo. a person named roadblock yeah you see roadblock very quickly in this actually wow. he's one of like the background gi joes most of the background gi joes are real gi joes uh there's you know okay you see Duke is on the tribunal. Flint is a real G.I. Joe. Scarlet is glimpsed there. Snake Eyes, and appropriately, has no dialogue. Snake Eyes isn't supposed to talk, despite what the movies tell you. Uh, in the, the, the G.I. Joe live-action movies are horrible. Dwayne The Rock Johnson plays Roadblock in the second G.I. Joe movie, to give you a sense of like Roadblock wow. vibe. But in the G.I. Joe animated movie, 
um, Roadblock and Cobra Commander, they're like unlike they like become this unlikely pair because this new guy, Serpentor, has sort of taken control over Cobra, and then a bunch of these people, Globulus and Necro, uh, Nemesis Enforcer, and some other person, they come from Cobra Law and they take over from Serpentor too. And Serpentor is kind of losing some power, but Cobra Commander has been forced to eat a shitload of spores, and he's he's starting to oh, no. get worse and turn <gasps> more and more alien. It's very Last of Us, and so he has this iconic moment where his helmet gets smashed open and he he hisses at Roadblock who's looking at him because he has like this snake face that we've never seen before and he goes once was a man once was a man is the thing that Cobra Commander says and he looks like that he looks like what he looks like when he's getting incinerated at the end of this episode so all of that I could keep going is to say that there are tremendous amounts of easter eggs in here I uh, have outed myself now as not just a huge G.I. Joe fan, but as somebody who was a huge G.I. Joe fan into like my teenage years, uh, a, a huge, mm -hmm. hugely embarrassing memory that I possess, like that I'm getting chills as I'm reciting this right now is my friends, uh, my, my older brother's friend coming over to the house once and like coming into my room and catching me in the <gasps> middle of like an elaborate story driven playtime oh, no. and I'm like 16 years old. Oh and it's, like, no! Pretty old, and I love this stuff. <laughs> oh, it was no. so imaginative and transportative for me. The toys themselves are like highly flexible in addition to being super customizable and they're really nicely detailed too. So they were just like very great play things. They were the perfect size. They're three and three quarters. Uh, they have like an elastic band that holds their whole body together. The G.I. Joes that you see in like the live action commercial components of G.I. Jeff, that's the stuff. They also have like these customized versions that they clearly got made. And then all of the various characters from community who end up getting these like G.I. Joe types of characters. I don't think it's in every case, or at least I didn't clock it for every single case, but most of them have roots in actual G.I. Joe characters. I couldn't track oh, Buzzkill, unfortunately. I wasn't. Well, that's able to just because Brit is a Buzzkill, no? I know, but like the but like the the aesthetic. The aesthetic is almost always very oh, similar I to see, an actual G.I. Joe. So Wingman uh is very similar to Duke, who is like the leader of G.I. Joe or one of the leaders of G.I. Joe. Um I forget which one is it three kids is uh I'm sure. Early, yeah. He's dressed up as Stalker, who is one of the G.I. Joes. Um, Abed, is, uh, as fourth wall, is Spirit, who is very much a G.I. Joe, where uh, Jeff is like, I feel like this is maybe a little racist. Like, yes. yeah, there's some problematic stuff in the G.I. Joe universe for sure. Um, Chang hilariously is Quick Kick, uh, who is not a uh is not a cobra character is a gi joe character who they have here as part of uh as part of cobra which is kind of funny as a way of like you never really know where chang is like chang shouldn't be on the side of the back like he wants to be gi joe yeah. so having him be a gi joe who's dressed up as a cobra i think was pretty fun and i loved quick kick that was my favorite action figure and i lost him on of vacation. course chang is your favorite one <sighs> He's playing. He's playing he's one of my favorite very one. favorite GI Joes. Yeah. Uh, so it's ridiculous. So uh, I I really liked this episode. Clearly, it really spoke to me. Uh, I think that Jeff having this midlife crisis while having a GI Joe experience feels like something that I had as like a young uh, life crisis. Mm -hmm. uh, as I was like on the edge of leaving high school and going off to college and being like, I think you got to stop. I think you got to stop mm -hmm. with all of this stuff. So anyway. I love it. I totally get it if it's not for the royal you out there who have not uh, jived with G.I. Joe. But I'm just here to say as a huge G.I. Joe fan, 
they did it. They did their job. They aced it. Whether or not they should have done this is another question altogether. But as far as doing it, uh, mission accomplished. 100% success rate as far as Yeah. My biggest gripe is that when you do something that is so hyper-specific, you're bound to alienate a good portion of your audience. And I think they've done... They've had situations where they've done homages, right? Like we have the Chicken Fingers episode. We have Paintball with the Star Wars and, you know, all of that. And, like, you don't have to know the the, the property, the original property, in order to enjoy it. Um, whereas this episode, it feels more like if you're not familiar with G.I. Joe, it's just not for you. Like, oh, I didn't yeah. get any of the jokes. I got very lost in what was going on besides, okay, I know these are good guys. These are bad guys. Uh, yeah. um, and, like, I, I, I don't get any of the jokes for the most part. Besides, I can I can read and I mean, I'm smart enough to figure out some of the jokes. Like, the, like, oh, there's no actual killing. I can't believe they killed anybody. So what's, um, funny, what's funny is this is another reason why it's very funny that Chang is quick kick. This is really nerdy. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, so the so the G.I. Joe cartoons, yeah, they're always just like shooting at each other and nothing of, of, of substance ever happens in terms of- Right, like no one's going to die. Yeah. In the G.I. Joe animated movie, Duke gets uh, skewered with a poisonous cobra that is like turned into like a spear. Ooh. And it seems like he dies and it's a really impactful moment uh literally at the end of the movie we just got a call from hq duke's gonna be okay yeah something that happens and that's as dangerous as it ever got in the original animated stuff but gi joe also has roots in comic books marvel comics did a big run of gi joe in the 80s turning into the 90s and those comics were surprisingly deadly Actual deaths occurred, Mm -hmm. canonical deaths occurred within the G.I. Joe comic book universe. And it's very funny that Chang, a character that you probably, of all of these characters, if they could have killed one of you off, uh, get rid of Chang. uh, And many other people would probably feel that way. Chang as Quick Kick is embodying one of the G.I. Joes that got killed in the comic books. In like an iconic uh, issue of the comics where it was like Quick Kick. Uh, I think um, uh, Doc dies, I think. There's a a radio guy whose name I'm forgetting, but like a few of the G.I. Joes got killed after they were like taken prisoner. And there was like this miscommunication of execute the G.I. Joes. And they were like, whoa, okay, I guess we're going to do it. But it's like, don't execute the G.I. Joes was the message initially. And they misinterpreted it. So they start like going after them. They try to do this big prison break. And unfortunately, this heroic, valiant effort ends in a fail. And the G.I. Joes who were imprisoned get killed. And Quick Kick is one of them. So to see Chang as Quick Kick, an iconically dead G.I. Joe in the Marvel comic book universe, on an episode that is saying that no one ever gets killed on G.I. Joe, I laughed about that. Uh, So there's a lot of that stuff for the G.I. Joe fans. Uh, It's very, very here. Very, very here. Yeah, there's just not a ton of stuff for the people that are in G.I. Joe fans. (laughs) I totally get that. It's my biggest gripe about it. Like, there are a few jokes that are funny, but for the most part, I'm just like... I'm not following any of this. <laughs> I get it. Well, then let, let's run through it quick because I think we've talked about it a lot. Uh, yeah. So, like, it begins in, in G.I. Joe territory, uh, and there's Annie who is, like, a gender-bent shipwreck. Uh, and yeah, she's Britta. tight ship, which makes sense. Uh, and she's, like, it's, like, the scantily clad a, yeah, clothing, of course. Great character. Shipwreck is, like, a sailor who's got a parrot and stuff. Uh, and so she's playing that. I, I, someone will have to tell me who Buzzkill is. I feel like I'm missing an obvious thing. Uh, and then Shirley is stalker as three kids. Uh, and they're, uh, they're, you know, just, like, fighting everything. And everything's going uh, decently well. And then, like, 
Destro's going to escape because Cobra always escapes. And Destro, who I was surprised they didn't uh, turn the Dean into Destro because he's iconically bald. I thought mm-hmm. that they would try to match that up. Uh, he's just like, he's like, I've got an idea. He shoots Destro's parachute and Destro just plummets to his death, uh, which <laughs> I thought was pretty funny. Uh, it's like, yeah, maybe you could have done some of that. Uh, mm-hmm. So Destro gets killed. We get the uh, the iconic open uh, to G.I. Joe. We get the theme song. We get to see all these different characters. It's really fun. Like the music is perfect. Very, very funny. And then we get to the tribunal, which is run by Duke. Uh, who is the the blonde guy who I thought Wingman was based on, maybe still was, uh, but they are ending up getting imprisoned for uh, for for killing Cobra, despite the fact that Jeff's like, we're in like a forever war. We got to kill Cobra. What are we supposed to do? Be in forever war yeah. forever? Uh, so they get uh, they get sent into into the bunker with a bunch of GI Joe rejects. Yeah, deep dish, shark uh-huh. arms, weird head, home free placeholder, and sleep apnea. Yeah, uh, none of them I think are actually anything. Uh, mm-hmm. At least as far as I was able to tell. Uh, but Abed as fourth wall, he is embodying spirit. Uh, he is playing spirit, uh, and he is telling uh, he is telling them that we are. Uh, we are in a situation where we are perceiving life as a, a syndicated children's cartoon. Uh, and this is when you start getting like the first hints that something is happening. Right. And that, anytime uh, Greendale is said is when we hear like hospital yeah. noises, we hear them actually calling wingman Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I did look it up. I don't know that buzzkill is actually a, a specific reference. I was trying from to what look I'm, it up. Yeah. From what I found, it's saying that um, buzzkill is, is an homage to over the top accessories given to a few of the GI Joe toys um, where they started using more exotic weaponry and they're like extremely outlandish. An example is crystal ball, uh, yes. which came with a hypnotizing shield. Yes. yes, yes. So I think Buzzkill was more of a reference of them calling her Buzzkill in the past. Yeah. And then they just gave her the buzzsaw hand uh, on top of that. I was searching this. I was trying to figure this out myself uh, about Buzzkill specifically. And I came across a Reddit post about this episode uh, that was talking about, did anyone else notice Buzzkill in the G.I. Joe episode? She had a yellow cast to most of her face, implying mustard. Oh, everyone, hilarious. Everyone else had normal skin tones, but her close-ups always showed yellow blotches there's a lot of attention to detail in this episode i actually listen i i gotta give it credit for that it's yeah yeah yeah. the story is lacking but yeah story kind of lacking but i think like the actual like attention to detail from the gi joe standpoint and also just within community lore i think that they they do a really good job here yeah um so yeah something's clearly going on uh in the real world uh and that there's something that are that is happening outside of the cartoon world and uh and jeff is is losing his mind um, meanwhile, at Cobra headquarters, Cobra Commander is the best. Uh, this this episode made me want to go back and watch some old GI Joe. It's been forever since I've watched old GI Joe. Uh, I was like, "Listen, I'm not good at eulogies. I've never had to give one." Uh, it's like, "How did GI Joe do this? We've been shooting at each other for years." Uh, Vice Cobra Commander calls, and Cobra Commander's like insulted that Vice Cobra Commander didn't come to Destro's funeral. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So we're going to be working with uh, with Vice Cobra Commander here for for a good bit of time. Um, Yeah. Uh, So 
there's uh there's gonna be a a, a cobra invasion uh and this guy deep dish has been doing the andy dufresne thing he's yes. been chipping away uh and listening to nothing but smash mouth for the last however many so decades. funny <laughs> i did like that bit uh and of course he has the hole is finally ready and that's when like an explosion happens and they're able to escape through like yeah. this this hole in the wall and this is when we get the joke about suppressive fire um where th this i understood where jeff is like oh i'm just gonna use suppressive fire to like stop them but of course he kills a bunch of people uh -huh. <laughs> and so then the gi joes and attempt to suppress the fire them um yes. but they they do get away in a plane or a jet or a whatever gi joe mechanism this is sure yeah um uh, so they escape yeah. they get out of there but then uh wingman uh he slips into further into his unconscious state as yeah. uh, fourth wall continuously brings up greendale yeah. Uh, and this is when I did enjoy because as as someone who grew up in the 90s and loved those toy commercials that, uh, you know, were on like I can I still remember some of the jingles from mm -hmm. toy commercials. And I have you know me, I have a terrible memory, but I can still remember like baby born, baby born, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like little yeah. jingles like that. Um, and so I really did appreciate the commercials for the action figures uh, where they, especially because they go over in this one, the names, right? So buzzkill, all government is a lie. Uh, tight ship, I control everything or else. Yeah. Uh, three kids, my family comes first. Uh, and then, of course, fourth wall. Doesn't this guy also do the voice for the He-Man I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same person. Uh, I probably did not do, I did not do the research on that. I would not be shocked at all. Um, yeah. So uh, Wingman's going to wake up. He's having these visions of these little boys who are playing with action figures. Uh, and he wants to go to Greendale. Uh, and so uh, they're going to try and figure that out. Uh, they're going to start infiltrating Greendale. Uh, we are going to see uh, the, uh, the Vice uh, Cobra Commander's uh his cadre of villains we see chang as quick kick we see that hickey is major dick uh is the character he's playing which is a yes. riff on major blood is the name of a character oh okay um duncan professor duncan who's so in this season that's wild yeah he is uh he is doing a, a parody of the twins uh tomax and zamot that makes uh, sense because he's Zim Zam. Yes. Uh, so he's Tomax and Zamot, who are these two like braggadocious twins that always show up and have uh, they give you a lot of shit. Uh, and they do have sort of like if you hurt one, you kind of hurt the other sort of feeling. That was a really funny bit in this yes. episode, I will admit. That's why um, there's the other Duncan. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I really, again, as someone who works in insurance, I really appreciated the joke from the the uh, Dean, uh, his character. Uh, our insurance go is going up. You people can actually die now. So it yeah. affects the health plan. Uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Chang as overkill, AKA quick kick comes in. We're being invaded by Joe's. Uh, he has this ability to multiply himself, which is not a thing that I remember. Yeah, at all. He does duplicity. And yet I, lo I love Abed being like, just suit the middle one probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, so they, and he's they right. Shoot him in the shin and he's like, ah, and so they yeah. shoot, uh, they shoot major Dick in the shin. No, they shoot Zim Zam in the shin. And then the, uh, mix max, the waiter, he yeah, it's, it. it's backwards, right? It's, a, it's so fun. Yeah. Zim Zam and, and Mixmax. And then Major Dick doesn't need to be taken out because he just takes himself out by uh, trying to fight. And his, yeah, back, his oh, back. His poor, his poor back. Yeah. Uh, but this is when Jeff has the realization of like, oh, I know who you all are. You're all my friends. We're in Greendale. I know all your names. He's uh, like, I'm having, I'm having a midlife, midlife crisis, basically. Yeah. Uh, he, he says that um, 
he's been lying about his age and it's been it's his birthday and he's uh he's it is his birthday right i think is what he's facing yeah yeah, yeah. it was his birthday the night before yeah. yeah so he drank a fifth of scotch and he took these pills that were like anti-aging pills yeah the youth pills from koreatown yeah. uh yeah and so he's so fourth wall is like oh i can explain these different like layers of reality we're in the cartoon layer um, but if you have your your jet your wing pack that's sold separately, uh, we can break the barrier. Um, but Jeff doesn't want to go back um, because he says I'm only dying out there. In here, we're immortal. Uh, and he, he like makes a comment about, oh, I made you this way. Look at your boobs are gonna stay that that way uh -huh. for eternity. You're light. You're welcome. Um, and but this at this point, GI Joe and Cobra join forces as Yo Yo Jobra. Yo Jobra. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they they, they captured the Greendale Seven. Yes. Uh... Um, yeah. <laughs> but Wingman says we can share the power. We'll be gods here forever. But then the problem <laughs> is that uh, Jeff discovers it's maybe not so bright and shiny in Cartoon World. So what do boobies look like? Uh, <laughs> yeah, because they can't take their clothes off. Yeah, of they can't drink scotch. <laughs> um and then I, is it is it jeff is like i gotta go to the bathroom i'll be right back they're like wait we don't go to the bathroom yes uh, so they chase funny. him he does get his wing pack on um but Cam commander cobra latches on to him and he starts going into the real world and he goes why does my back hurt why do i just have random pains in my body why is yeah. my ability to appreciate new music diminishing <laughs> and you get to see this in the action figure mode as well while he's escaping uh the commercial uh, he flies into the kid and knocks the kid out, which was pretty funny, I thought. Mm -hmm. uh, and so then he wakes up in the hospital and everyone's around him. Uh, and they realize that he's been keeping uh, his birthday a secret for a while. And he says, I'm 40. And like everyone's like, yeah, we figured you were like, you know, older that you had to be 30. There seems to be like from Annie, a little disappointed that it turns out that Jeff is 40. Yeah. It's a big yeah. age difference. It's a big age difference. It's it's yuck uh, it's to the extreme. It's a big age difference. It's a big age difference. Yeah, big age difference. Abed says you guys know I'm 38, right? Uh, but he's not. Yeah, he's kidding. Um, uh, and he's still says, in that pivotal 18 to 49 demo for. It's valuable to society. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but I love the gift they give him from the hospital where they write old. So it's an old boy. It's old boy. Mm -hmm. Very funny. All right, so let's get to the end tag here. So yes. The end tag is classic GI Joe. Okay. G.I. Joe would end every episode with like a PSA. Uh, okay. With like, with like some sort of like after school special type of energy. So don't where, drink, don't do drugs. Yeah. Like, okay. like, don't, uh, like and beyond that too, like don't bully people. Uh, okay. Like, don't go into a construction site. You know, what? don't. Like, so because, specific. Yes, it gets really specific. It's like, don't stand on the edge of a cliff. You'll fall in. Um, like, here's what you do if someone has a sports injury and you don't have your parents around. What don't, in the world? Don't go on ice. Uh, they're they're iconic. The 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 uh, the. This is if you've ever heard. And now I know. And knowing is half the battle. Gee, oh, that's uh, Joe. This okay. Is, this is a thing that like transcends GI Joe. Um, mm -hmm. in. In the early 2000s, there was this series of uh, internet videos from uh, from a person named Fensler Films was the account, and they were these like overdubbed re-edits of the GI Joe PC PSAs that would make them like uh, sometimes like really vulgar but really ridiculous, and just like uh -huh. highlighting the ridiculousness of the animation and what was being articulated in these PSAs, yeah. and like putting like more blunt language behind it. 
very, very funny stuff for a young college-aged Josh Wiggler and would be very funny for a now-aged Josh Wiggler mm-hmm. as well. They do a perfect job aping it. Uh, the two teens are doing graffiti. Buzzkill showing up being like, that's a waste of spray paint. Hyper-specific. We live in a fascist police state disguised as a democracy. You think you're going to shatter that illusion by celebrating your own meaningless identities? Hyper-specific. Fourth wall coming and being like, Let's keep the message simple. Graffiti is bad. Go play sports. G.I. Joe. That's exactly like it's an amped up parodied version of how this would always play Mm -hmm. on G.I. Joe. Um, It is a way ahead for me. And I know you are behind on it. I I mean, I would give you a streets ahead on this one and a behind on the advanced Dungeons and Dragons would be the uh, the, the more than willing to make that deal. Because I think if, you know, knowing that it. It is like I like it in terms of the graffiti is bad. Go play sports. Like it's very ridiculous. And Britta as Buzzkill is really funny. Uh, so I'm willing to concede. I'll give this one an ahead. Okay. All right. And I will go behind for advanced, advanced. Dungeons Beautiful. Um, okay. Some feedback that we have for the D and D episode. Aaron says I don't think it comes close to recreating the magic of the first one, and the payoff doesn't really do it for me. I can't put my finger on anything bad about it, but this one just feels a bit NQR, even though on paper it should work. It's good, but not great. Um, the Wisecrack Hob Bandit, though, says maybe it's the Dean's full commitment to the role play. Maybe it's David Cross singing in fake Elvish. That was pretty funny. Uh, or maybe it's the lack of Pierce being a dick. But I think I like this game of D&D just a smidge more than the first. You get lots of the coolest features by level or, I mean, season five. Uh, that's funny. Um, uh, so two different perspectives on the D&D of it all. Uh, as far as G.I. Jeff, Jank writes in and says, I think it's an underappreciated episode. Its fatal flaw is that unlike most genre episodes, this one is too hyper-specific, meaning it's harder for viewers unfamiliar with the reference material to appreciate the community spin. And G.I. Joe fans is a pretty narrow window of adult males. That said, the animation done for the episode is absolutely incredible. The core theme of the episode is about dealing with aging and exploring that through childhood nostalgia is the perfect avenue. And I felt more connected to this episode watching it now than the last time roughly three years ago. Unfortunately, can relate to it a lot more uh, to the theme this time, says Jank. Uh, I echo what Jank says. To, to really the full, well said. To the yeah. full degree of like, it is for such a specific target. It just so right. happens like it hit me square in the chest. Um, mm-hmm. Long time first time writes in, this one is yet another reason season five is my favorite season. It's such a bright spot. Just a gift of crazy, fun, weird TV that was community during this stretch of time. I love tight ship and buzzkill. The end tag is 100% streets ahead. Abed and Chang are also perfect and all the crazy, stupid concept characters. I only didn't love what they did with Shirley. It seemed like they were trying to say something about how they treat her character in general, but they didn't actually say anything. Uh, so that is how it breaks down for uh, the feedback here on our F community feedback. Let's do some meow meow beans, Jess. Uh, let's start with you. Yes. Yeah, so for D&D, um, to start off bottom to top, I gave Shirley a two and a half. Again, she's there, but kind of barely. And I hate that, but it kind of is what it is. I gave Jeff and Britta threes. Again, they're there. They don't do anything super spectacular for me. Um, I Moving up from there, I gave Annie a four because she was willing to loot Crouton's body. I, I really enjoyed that. And I don't know if it's just me loving Annie, but I think that is like such a funny, real thing. Annie would make a great 
IRL D&D player. She has the perfect mentality for it. Yes. Uh, Abed also got a four specifically for the interrogation scene. I thought he earned the four being a, a fairly fun dungeon master. Chang got a four and a half from me. Um, uh-huh. The the Times Square uh, and Dingleberry Smash. Two, the, enough reasons for me to give him a four and a half. Uh, I've reserved the only five for Dean because I, I really loved the bit with him and Jeff and the writing the letters and the uh, I hug my father. Mm-hmm. Um, very funny. So he he gets the only five for me in this episode. All right. I'm going to roll dice for my Meow Meow Beans. Of course. I'm going to roll dice for my Meow Meow Beans because I just don't feel any real kind of way about this episode other than yep. like it missed me. Uh, so let's have fun. The Meow Meow Beans were already broken in the Meow Meow Beans episode. So let's just go with some broken dice moves here. Why yes. not? Um, so here's what I'll do. I guess I'll roll D4s. Okay, so I'm going to roll D4. So no one's getting a five. Well, there will be modifiers, I think. I think clearly I have a Chang modifier. Obviously. Uh, I feel like I have a Chang modifier. Who else do I have modifiers on? Did you like what the Dean did? I did like what the Dean did. So here's what I'll do. I'll put my proficiency bonus to Chang and Dean. (laughs) Uh, I think is how this is going to (laughs) work. All right. And in Dungeons and Dragons right now, my proficiency bonus is a three. Uh, Holy cannoli. (laughs) So Chang and Dean will probably do quite well. Uh, Yep. Okay, so we're going to roll a D4 for Jeff. Let's see what Jeff got if you want to write these down. I'm ready. Uh, So Jeff got a three. I gave Jeff three meow meow beans. Pretty good roll for Jeff. Not bad. For Britta, I'm rolling a D4. She got four. Four meow meow beans. Holy cow, go Britta. For Britta. Uh, For Abed, rolled a three for Abed. Wow. For Shirley, I rolled a four for Shirley. Good scores. For Annie, I rolled a four. Yeah, Annie! Annie. Wow. Love right. to well, see these, it. These modifiers are really coming in handy. Uh-huh. Chang, I just rolled a four, uh, so he gets seven. How are you going to give him seven? <laughs> I'm not giving him seven. He gets five, though. Okay. He ends up with five. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm going to have to draw the line somewhere I here. I understand that. And then Dean gets, let's see, let's roll the four, a three. So he so also he's gonna get up with five. with five. I'll take a screenshot of okay. this for posterity. There is an Lovely. errant one that's in there. I will send it to you, Jess, so that you know that uh, I am not just messing around here uh, to rig the game for Chang. Although I'm like, you know, fairly close to that line, I think, yep. with, that, uh, with that vote. Um, okay, so those are my Meow Meow Beans for D&D. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, so now we got to do some G.I. Joe Meow Meow Beans or G.I. Jeff yes. Beans. Uh, this, I think, I want to do based on... Uh, uh, accuracy and originality too. So okay. Like, so for That's me, fair. for me, uh, and also personal favorite, Chang is playing one of my absolute favorite action figures. There you go. I just, I, you can't do it any other way. Chang is going to get a five. Um, Abed, they did a great job having Abed be like this is a really questionable character to have uh, in spirit as uh, fourth wall. I'll give him. Four, uh, as in fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Um, Annie, very funny as well here. I'm going to give Annie, uh, I think I'll give Annie four. I like Shipwreck a lot. I like Stalker, but I don't like Stalker that much. And I didn't feel like if there was something that they were trying to do with Shirley, I didn't feel like I totally got it. I'm giving Shirley three and a half. Britta, I can't crack the buzzkill code. Uh, and I don't know that I would be willing to move this score after the fact. I'm going to give her a three and a half. Uh, Dean, I think that they missed an opportunity with Dean. I'm giving Dean a three. I think with Dean, 
they missed an opportunity for him to be Zartan. So Zartan is a G.I. Joe who is a master of disguise. Uh, oh. he's, he's like constantly wearing different disguises and people are like he's infiltrating groups and then like he leaves the group and he rips off his mask and ha ha it's Zartan and that's mm-hmm. so Dean and they already have Cobra Commander in the episode anyway uh, so I don't know why they're doing that but uh, everyone's going to get a pretty high score because I like this episode a good amount um, Winger's kind of boring but if it's not for him this episode doesn't exist I'll give him I'll give him 3.5 uh, those are my meow meow beans for G.I. Jeff Okay. Um, we have no movement. What did you do? What did you do? Oh yeah, what did I do? Right, right, right. Pretty simple. Um, I gave two and a half across the board, except for Britta, who I gave a three because I think Buzzkill is very funny. Uh, I like the idea of Buzzkill. I think she's funny in the end tag, and I I like the the idea of her having this like honking saw on the end yes. of her hand. Um, so I give her a three again. This episode just doesn't do it for me because I don't understand it. I don't get most of the references. Uh-huh. It's fine. Like it's, it's it's I understand like the undertaking of an animated episode. Something to be like praised. Um, but like if it doesn't if I don't understand it and I don't think it's funny it's not really worthwhile for me uh, so I gave everyone two and a half except Britta who gets a three and we have no movement in the charts which means currently with two episodes to go two episodes and one podcast left Chang is in the lead with 108.5 wow. a five point lead over Shirley at a 103.5 which is a very big lead at this point uh, that's a pretty big lead with two episodes left I will be very happy to see Chang win this thing if he is able to do it. Uh, good times here on my side of the computer. Feeling yeah. happy about Listen, it. Listen, I'm not mad about it. I can admit when Chang is good, and Chang has been good. He's had a hell of a season. It's been yeah. great. Uh, Dean's listing it. I think you and I are in lockstep with our Dean's list. Uh, Hickey for the D&D episode for sure. Cobra Commander is so funny uh, in uh, in the G.I. Jeff episode. Uh, he's my favorite for sure. He was your favorite of all of the various cartoon characters. He was because yeah. I, first of all, the eulogy scene was very funny <laughs> yeah. where he's like, because even if I didn't get the references, I thought it was like funny that like, okay, you're having a eulogy for an action figure. But he's like, we've never had to do this before. And yeah. I also loved the joke of like, he was just my platonic friend. Uh-huh. Nothing more. Uh-huh. Um, and like you said, the voice, even though I didn't understand the reference to the voice, I did find the voice to be very cartoon action figure type of thing. Yes. Um, and so I really liked Cobra Commander. I thought he was a very fun uh, character to have a one-off of. Uh, so yeah, I gave him my Dean's List point. They did a good job with Cobra Commander. I, I gave my point to him as well. So two for Hickey, two for Cobra Commander. Uh, Hickey has clinched this thing at this point. He will be the Dean's List winner for season five. That should not be a surprise at all. Yep. Um, doing the cools, uh, I'm going to roll again. Uh, I'm going to roll yeah. again for my cool for the score uh, for D&D. Uh, I am going to roll a D4, uh, but unfortunately, I did not invest in this stat, Jess, and I think that I have yeah. a minus one modifier Ooh. to my D4. So the highest that I will give advanced advanced Dungeons & Dragons is a three. This could be very bad. This, this could, could be, be like, really bad. Could be really, really bad. Let's find out. I'm hitting the four. I will send you the screenshot as well, Jess, so mm-hmm. that you know there's no chicanery. Hitting the four. And it is a, a natural four with a minus one that gives it a three. I will give there you go. advanced Dungeons and Dragons three cools. And I'm not happy about it. One of those times <laughs> where I was hoping I would roll poorly. Uh-huh. Uh, and yet, and yet. Them's the breaks. Uh, what did you do for advanced, advanced Dungeons and Dragons, Jess? I gave it a 2.5. 
Um, I uh, maybe that's lower than some people would would think I would do. I just to me, there's not a ton, it doesn't make a ton of sense with who we know Hickey to be. And it doesn't have enough funny moments for me to feel like it warrants a higher score. Yeah. Um, and so maybe some people think that is low, but I ended up giving it a 2.5, which is much lower than the audience's 3.49. Oh, okay. So yeah. both of us are really out of touch with how people feel about this episode. I, I, I think it's just like people want to like a D&D episode, and I can't blame them for that. Sure. And there are funny moments. It's just... To me, it doesn't, it doesn't, when you're, again, when you're doing a successor to an existing, uh, existing episode, it, for me, it has to knock it out of the park and it, it didn't. Yeah. Um, so 2.91 current average for advanced, advanced Dungeons Dragons. Uh, rating GI Jeff, I'm going to go high on this one and it is, it is personal bias, but it hits me squarely in the zone. I'm giving it 3.8 cools. Uh, that is obviously really, really, really high compared to some of the people who don't like this one. I hope that I authentically articulated why this one might've worked. You definitely did. I get it. I get it. Like (laughs) if they had made you representing the people it really didn't connect with. If they had made like a Barbie episode (laughs) to me, like there's, there's things from my youth that if they had made a neopets episode if they had made specific episodes tailored to my interests that alienated others i of course would be giving it a very high score um so i get it of course i i do not feel that way about this episode i don't get a lot of the jokes uh i i gave it a 1.9 and that was uh, to me as high as i could possibly go when i really didn't understand half of what was going on um uh, the audience a little bit higher than me 2.53 which rounds us out to a 3.06 on gi jeff which means these episodes are ninth and tenth Uh, so just there's only one episode bondage and beta male sexuality which is lower um gi jeff with the 3.06 and advanced dnd advanced advanced dnd for 2.91 um okay see the other thing too is i was expecting because i had heard that there was a gi joe episode but i didn't know anything else beyond that that there's like an animated gi joe episode that people didn't like oh you didn't know that much okay that's what i had heard and i thought it was a season four episode and so interesting so when it never showed up in season four i was like okay so dan Harmon's doing this one i guess uh and so i went from having like really um low expectations to suddenly having like fairly medium to high expectations of like okay if dan Harmon does a gi joe episode and like f's this up that sucks he didn't i think he aced it i think he aced it uh yeah so worked really well for me we've got two more episodes of community season five to talk about jess coming next to the podcast basic story and basic sandwich is the name of the finale those are the names all right uh sometimes i could go for a basic sandwich I always can go for a basic sandwich. Like, what's your best basic sandwich? I mean, isn't like an Italian is an Italian mix a basic sandwich, or is that too much? Uh, I think that that's a little more than a basic. Sandwich. I would then like I would go Italian with Euro. I would go with like a salami and provolone cheese with mustard. That's basic. That it's sounds basic delicious. Sandwich. That it sounds is. tasty. Uh, yeah, like a ham and cheese sandwich. That's a basic sandwich that ham I ham and cheese crush. with mayo. sandwich with swiss i'd crush that i'd eat that it's a basic sandwich so i hope that we like the basic sandwich that community has to offer up quite as much as those sandwiches we've just outlined i'm a little worried i guess for these final two episodes of community season five reputationally but i will say that uh sight unseen and even with not connecting with uh advanced advanced D D. Uh, I I'm still loving this season quite a bit. It's been a really lovely surprise. I've yeah, been, I would I've been very say, happy with it. I would say that like 
a basic sandwich I don't mind that much. Like, I think it's, like, okay finale. I don't think it's a bad episode. Um, I don't think either of these are, like, bad episodes. Mm-hmm. I think when you just start off as strong as season five did, this one yeah, kind of ends with a thud when you compare it to the other episodes. No question. And, of uh, course, we're losing. We don't have Troy anymore. Like, there are multiple yeah. reasons why it's not as good. And, again, I think when I would, when I would like, throw out there my uh, season rankings – Troy being absent for most of season five is the, the number one reason why it totally falls fair. below other seasons for me. Totally fair. I think that that's totally reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we'll see how I feel at the end of season five. When we get there next week, we are going to be talking about the final two episodes of season five. If you want to make sure you're getting your scores in for those episodes and the rest of season five, we encourage you to do so right into community building at postshowrecaps.com or community at postshowrecaps.com to send us your scores. You could also send us your scores on Patreon if you are a patron of Post Show Recaps, whether as a patron message or on the Discord if you're in the Discord, patreon.com slash postshowrecaps to sign up at any level, and you can send us your scores that away. Make sure you're subscribed to the Community Building Podcast as well. You'll never miss an episode of the show uh, or become a patron and get those ad-free, often early access drops for community building. Jess, what kind of shit have the 90s taught you recently and what's up elsewhere in Post Show Recaps land for you? Yeah, so Dawson's Creek, we are we are coming to the end of season five. And let me tell you, did you remember there was an episode where Pacey and this older woman nearly get into a car accident because she's lost her mind? I certainly didn't remember that, but it happened and it's a mess. Um, so we're having a lot of fun going into the final season of Dawson's Creek. Um, and of course, it's March. And you know what March means? March Madness. So we're going to have a bracket coming up this season. TBD, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we have some plans for it. Uh, you could find us at Shit90sPod here on Post Show Recaps. It's mostly just succession. It's like all succession, all the time. All succession, always, forever. Uh, we're doing a daily recap of succession, if you hadn't already heard. Go check it out. It's been one of my favorite things to... It's, it's just like one of my favorite projects to work on, to be honest, because... Succession, if you hadn't heard, is my number one favorite show. It's so good. It's so delightful. And getting it to revisit it uh, and kind of rate all of these characters has been a ton of fun. Um, and of course, The Last of Us is finishing up. Uh, Zed and I are still doing our playthrough. So I'll finally get to see the end of the video game. Close, and yeah. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, so go check out all of that. And you could find me at the Just Sterling on Twitter. Amazing. I'm at Round Howard, wherever you can find me, including on those daily succession podcasts and elsewhere here on Post Show Recaps, as well as next week, those final two episodes of season five of Community. We will be back shortly to discuss those episodes. Until then, everybody, Corey B, take us away. This is a show in season five. If I could. Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Shut up, Leonard. Wiggler and Jazz, here till it ends. Needed to pass or fail Greendale with all of our friends. The brightest timeline makes you say, Touche. Community building is here to stay. Unsubscribe.